Welcome to Fluent and Bravo. I'm your host and Bravo superfan, Angela Carlson. Join me every week to recap various shows from the Bravoverse and deep dives into pop culture and entertainment news. Now let's get to it. Welcome to Fluent and Bravo. This is my first podcast ever. So I'm a little nervous, but I'm also really, really excited. I have wanted to do a Bravo podcast forever. And you know what? You just have to just dive in, even though the market is crazy, oversaturated. You just got to do it. And it was something that I've thought about for years, and I'm finally jumping in. I wanted to start with the original Real Housewives franchise, which is Real Housewives of Orange County. And I thought, hey, might as well start from the beginning, season one. Uh, if you want to watch along with me, I am watching on Peacock in case you want to go that route with me and go on this uh, journey with me back to 2006 when the show first premiered. Now, before I jump in to recapping the very first episode of Real Housewives of Orange County, which is called Meet the Wives, I did a little bit of research, just a little bit, though. I'm kind of lazy. So I wanted to go back to 2006 when the show first premiered. It was March 21st, 2006. I'm assuming they probably shot it around 2005. Um, I don't know what the turnaround was in Real Housewives land, but I think it's close to a year. And 2006 was Bravo's best year to date in ratings. Project Runway was already a huge hit and broke Bravo's records by drawing over 5 million viewers for its season three finale. Top Chef also launched in 2006 and became an instant ratings darling in that coveted 18 to 49 age demographic and was the number one rated food series in all of cable television. And of course, 2006 brought the beginning of the pop culture behemoth, the Real Housewives franchise. Um, so basically, the concept was simple. Put some cameras in front of very wealthy and privileged women and document their lives. We have five housewives uh, in season one of Orange County. Vicki Gumbelson, which of course we know is the OG of the OC, Gina Keogh, Joe De La Rosa, Lori Waring, and Kimberly Bryant, who was our first one-and-done housewife. Uh, spoiler alert, even though it's almost 20 years later, so I think you guys get the gist of it, which is crazy to me that 2006 was almost 20 years ago. What? So Real Housewives of Orange County Season 1, Episode 1 is called Meet the Wives. The Peacock description is five women living in a wealthy gated community share their lives. So we open this episode with just a bunch of voiceovers. We haven't seen any of the actual characters yet from the show or the housewives or our subjects. Um, it, this is definitely shot kind of like a documentary, which is great. And it talks about, you know, the various characters are talking about, you know, the gated communities and average home prices and square footage. Also, why is it, this is kind of going to be a shock if you do rewatch this with me, the quality of the show, it looks like it was shot on an iPhone 6 or something. I don't remember it being so, what's the word, grainy, I guess. I don't remember the show being so grainy. I remember it being more crystal clear. And I don't know if it's just because that's how technology ages but it was kind of like, whoa. But then you, you you do move past it. And of course, we get, you know, the... Ta -ta 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 -ta. Oh, God, that's like the worst singing ever um, of the opening. But you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm, it sounds like Inspector Gadget now. But you get the opening of the show. 
um, and then texts that flash seven million families live in gated communities. Oh, just chills, chills. Before, uh, you know, the curated taglines of Housewives of Today, season one only used sound bites. The editors only pick like certain sound bites from each woman. So we'll do their taglines, but they're really just sound bites from the season. Vicky's first. I don't want to get old. Joe, he's pretty much keeping me. Lori. I don't know why this is funny. Are the police involved? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why that's funny, but it, it, it cracks me up every time I listen to the opening of this show. Gina says, it's just money. You can't take it with you. Lastly is Kimberly. 85% of the women around here have had breast implants. Then it shows the women all holding their oranges. Um, Kimberly is actually front and center, which was kind of shocking because she's, you know, our first one and done housewife. She's not back for season two. But I just so I just kind of thought that was interesting. But watching the season now, it really does focus on Kimberly more than I remember it focusing on Kimberly. So that kind of makes sense now. Um, and then behind her holding their orange are Gina and Joe. And behind them is Lori and Vicky. We get introduced to Gina first. She starts talking about real estate and takes us to a house that she is selling. She then reveals that she was a model, actress, and a Playboy playmate. And I have to admit, she was gorgeous. I mean, she still is gorgeous in this too, but she was gorgeous back then. And then she talks about how she met her husband, Matt, who was a professional baseball player, and that his mother picked her out of all the women that he was seeing because she had the right build for his genetics. What? the bleep is that about uh that sounds like some 1800s their marriage is so i i don't want to judge other people's marriages their kids actually do seem pretty well adjusted but what was that about she then introduces her kids to us she has two boys and one girl shane's her oldest who's 18 Kara is 16 and colton is 13. They then start talking about cars, how Shane got a car, but then he didn't like that car because he got made fun of that car because his friend said that that's a car that a girl drives. So then Kara gets his car and then she gets upset because she feels like she got her brother's hand-me-downs. You know, it's already sort of the editors you can tell are trying to make it be like, okay, look at how spoiled these brats are. But honestly, Kara does seem very likable to me. She just does. I, yes, I understand she's a spoiled brat, but at the same time, she just seems incredibly likable. And also there's like a groundness to her, if that makes sense. Anyway, that's just my impressions of Kara. The second housewife we meet is Joe, And we then find out that she fell in love with Slade, her fiance, at work, it sounds like, I think. Um, he is 12 years her senior. She's only 24, so I'm not good at math, but that would mean that Slade is 36. Um, he has shared custody of his two boys with two baby mamas. And then we see modeling photos of him in the nude, and I just can't. Uh, he then says the grossest thing after we see these gross modeling photos, and uh he then says he is eager to teach and joe is eager to learn <sighs> slade is just as slimy as i remember him being in season one it's just and especially the fact that he's 36 at this point it's anyway 
Um, Slade then brags about when he hits his early when he hit his early 30s, he got a taste of the seven figures. Um, and then it's just adding zeros from there. This man, I, I mean, he is he truly, truly is the sixth housewife of this season. He is getting more camera time than Joe. He is making sure that he is getting all the interviews in. Um, the second a camera's up, he seems to be right there. It's, yeah, it's bad. Joe then explains she wants to work, but Slade wants her to stay home. So this really is the first storyline that's being established is Slade and Joe, they have the storyline. He's the one that makes the money. He has control over the money. He definitely is the power player in the relationship. And she is starting to get resentful because she's only 24. He expects her to stay home. He expects he expects her to be, you know, Mrs. Stepmom. And she's not ready for that yet. Next, we meet Kimberly. Her house actually looks lived in, which I appreciate. Because before Kimberly, we see Gina's home. We see Slade and Joe's home. And it is Tuscan Kitchen, 5,000 square foot house. Boring, boring, boring. Whereas Kimberly, there's crap on her fridge. There's art projects. There's bills. I, I appreciate that. Um, Kimberly seems very normal. Her husband seems very normal. He has the ne he has <laughs> he has the worst looking shirts ever, but he does seem normal. And their kids seem actually sweet and normal too. And they show Kimberly going to a Pilates class, and she just has an incredible body. She has huge fake boobies, um, but she just has and and they're way bigger than on her. I mean, they're way bigger than they should be for her small frame, but. She looks phenomenal. Then they show her biking. Well, they don't really show her biking. They show her in a biking getup, um, like she's about to go biking or like she just went biking. And she's getting interviewed by the cameras. And she starts talking about how, you know, she was approaching a certain age. And her husband, Scott, was asking her if she ever thought about breast implants. So then she got them. And I just, at first, I'm just so not into that. And I'm sure maybe some of you are, but I hate it when, if you want breast implants, if you want whatever you want as a woman to make you feel better, you know, especially after having kids and your body goes through all these changes, go for it. Have all the plastic surgery, have all the procedures, but I just hate that crap when a husband or a partner or anything says, oh, have you ever thought about this? Or have you ever thought? So I was liking Scott until I heard about that because it sounds like she's not the one that initiated the conversation. He is. Yuck. Then they show her doing Pilates. Hey, I might start doing Pilates after this because her body is phenomenal. But her instructor had his hands all over her and a no thank you. By the way, I am, <laughs> I am I'm a straight woman. But just the thought of having a stranger's hands all over my body and the thought of my partner or my husband coming to me and saying, hey, have you thought about breast implants? Oh. Next, we meet Vicky, the OG of the OC, and they show her in her office. And guess what she is doing, you guys? She is working. I need to be at work. Um, we then meet her daughter, Brianna, who is 18, and she has a hair appointment that she is running late for, for senior prom. So she's telling her mom, like, hey, I'm going to be late for this appointment. Don't you want to come with me? Her mom, of course, is, you know, just being frantic in the office. Um, we then get the backstory for Vicky about being a single mom. She was not college educated. So really, when someone mentioned that she should sell insurance, 
when someone mentioned that she should sell insurance, that's really hard to say, should sell insurance. She took them up on it. And so she now runs her own insurance agency out of her home that she shares with her husband. And okay, so, so far we've met Slade and Scott. But now we get to meet Don, who is one of my favorite house husbands ever in reality TV. A look at him. He's washing one of their cars. And we just, we love Don. He's so sweet. He's talking about what a go-getter his wife is, how she's go, 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 go. She never stops. And we love Don and we miss Don. And yeah, he's he's the best, especially after just that ooh, Slade, Slade interview earlier. It's just nice to know that Don the dawn is there to comfort us in this time of us uh in this season one of just there there is hope there is hope for the house husbands uh, now we get to the hair appointment with brianna in the chair and vicky is going over the rules for senior prom she's saying you know no drinking which brianna says i don't do that anyway then she says home by two and then she says no sex and brianna just loses it with her which of course that's so embarrassing especially with the hairdresser being right there and also especially with cameras being right there okay so Brianna's just mortified of course um Vicky then starts making it all about herself saying how her high school prom was such a big moment for her and that you know Brianna after this it's all over and her high school experience is done and how sad she is personally I don't think the high school prom is that big of a deal I should have just went with my friends. I went with this dude that was dating like a 13 year old and he was 18 and it was weird. And I didn't even find out about it until I was on the prom with this dude. And he's like, yeah, my girlfriend's kind of upset. I'm taking you. And I'm like, who's your girlfriend? And then it was one of my friend's little sisters that was 13. Oh, and they met in a church group. I'm just saying, guys, if you have your kids in a church group, please make sure the 18 year olds are not allowed in there. Oh, anyway. Wow. That was a moment in time. Yeah, I should have just went with my girlfriends, but I did end up hanging out with them most of the time after I found that out. So that was that was fun. I took a picture with him and I don't even know where it's at because I am so I still am grossed out by that. I'm sorry. 18 and 13. Oh, no. Then we go back to Gina and her kids. She talks about how perfect their genetics are. They had a boy, then they had a girl. And so she said, hey, this is so perfect. Let's try for one more boy. And that's how they got Colton. The boys were absolutely expected to play baseball since Matt was a major league player as well as his dad. So that would make them third generation baseball players. And Cara plays volleyball, but Gina says, you know, she's not as good as she should be because she should have started earlier. And all I have to say, so they show Gina at Cara's volleyball match and she has the most gorgeous green eyes. So that's all I looked at the whole time was her was her green eyes. They're just gorgeous. Shane is definitely the golden child. They actually bought a second home so he could do another baseball program, but he couldn't keep his grades up. So that didn't actually work out. Way too much focus on the kids in this first episode, I have to say. It's, yes, it's nice to know the family and the kids and the dynamics of that. But it's also, give me the mess. Give me the drama. Give me the housewives. No one's, no one's drunk at this point. Everyone is very level-headed. And we're just hearing, we're just hearing about the kids. I have to say, so far, the only storyline that is interesting to me is the Joe and Slade dynamic because you just see this train wreck of relationship and you know where it's going, but you are like, okay. And also, we love a good supervillain, and Slade is that supervillain for us in this first episode, or at least for me. We then go back to Kimberly, taking her daughter 
to go get her makeup done for her middle school prom. Again, way too lovely, way too boring. It, it's it's fine. It's a fine scene. Then we switch back over to Brianna's uh, pre-prom party. The parents are there. They're taking pictures. Brianna talks about how her and her boyfriend, Colby, have been together for a year and seven months. New love. Definitely that high school. Let's keep track of how many months we've been together. Very, very cute. We move back to Joe. Okay, I have to say this. You look down at your phone for one second during this episode. The pace of this show is insane. I don't know what the editors were thinking. I don't know if they were like, hey, we got 45 minutes here of programming. Let's absolutely just do 30 seconds on one housewife and 45 seconds on the other and then go back to 30 seconds on one. It's insane how fast they flip back and forth. So you really have to be like, whoa, in the moment to see what is going on. Okay. Anyway, so we move back to Joe. Um, they show the juxtaposition between Slade getting his boys ready for bed. And then Joe is pre-gaming with her friends. Of course, now we're already in the storyline of, you know, he wants her home more and she wants to hang out with her friends. So he wants, when he has the kids, he wants her to stay home for family time. And she's like, hey, I'm 24. I want to go out with my friends. I want to party. Um, back to Vicky in her home office, planning for Brianna's upcoming high school graduation. Vicky is getting ready for her kid's bio dad to fly and stay with her so he can be there for the graduation, which I do think is very sweet. It sounds like, I don't know if they specifically said this in the episode, but it does sound like, I think they did. I think Vicky said she was paying for her ex-husband, Michael, to fly out for Brianna's graduation and to stay with them. And even though she didn't really want that, she knew that it was best for the kids. And I do appreciate that. I think that's great that she did that for her kids. Then we finally get to meet Lori, who is our fifth and final housewife in this first season. Lori works for Vicky at her insurance company, and she is a single mom of three. Lori then talks about getting screwed in her last divorce how she ended up with nothing and then shows the viewers the house that she used to live in behind the gates with her ex. She um, then shows her walking to her townhouse where she lives with her two younger kids. And she does have an adult daughter named Ashley who is 20 and lives in LA. But she lives in this three-bedroom townhouse. Again, it's so, so cute. It's perfectly, it's perfectly, uh, perfect for her and her family. But I get that they're saying, hey, I used to live in this mega mansion and now I live in a little townhouse. So yeah. Anyway, she basically saying, hey, I'm a single mom. I didn't get much in the divorce and I, or at least not yet. And so I had to downsize quite a bit and I needed to get money ASAP. So Vicky hired me. Um, again, I liked, I liked her story from the beginning. I like these, the storylines are starting to form. All right, so then we go back to Joe. Joe and Slade are on a patio of a restaurant. I did not catch the name. And Slade is definitely ready for a sit down with Joe to tell her to basically stop having fun with her friends. Again, we're going to this storyline of this dynamic of Slade saying that she's never with the kids when they're with him. Um, and then Joe says that they're not married yet. You know, so she's definitely fighting him on him being, I don't know, Slade is just seems extremely controlling in every aspect, he wants to tell her what to do with her time. He wants to tell her what to do with her money. Whole power dynamic between them is is just very unsettling. I do like that Joe is talking back to him, though. She also starts saying something about how she's like, you know, you act like you go to work eight hours a day and you don't think that I know that you're not hanging out with the escrow girls and the processor girls. You don't think I don't see those emails 
And then Slade gets this smirk. I mean, you can just tell that the two get off on making each other jealous, which of course is super toxic. Um, and then he just has this smirk like, well, that's my job. And then in a confessional, again, I think we're getting more confessionals of Slade than with any of the housewives. Um, basically, Slade's saying that he is a huge catch. Um, he says, you know, Joe's bills are paid. She lives in a 5,000 square foot house with a Tuscan kitchen. They all have Tuscan kitchens. Next, we're back to Shane and Gina and Matt. And Shane is talking about his potential baseball career. It's Major League Baseball Day, draft day one. I don't know. I don't know if I even said that right. It's draft day one of Major League Baseball. And then we see Gina checking her computer. I'm assuming she's in her home office. Um, and then we see a timestamp. And if you're a Bravo super fan, you know that timestamps are everything in these episodes. And the very first episode of Real Housewives ever has a timestamp. So it says 11.30 a.m. And there's no sign of Shane being drafted yet. Matt and Shane are on another computer. And Gina's, in, it's a weird, it's just a weird family dynamic. It's, you know, Matt and Shane are on one computer and then Gina's on the other computer. I'm assuming just because she's probably working and doing realtor things as well. And then Kara is staring clear because she basically knows that if Shane does not get drafted, her house is going to be miserable. So again, I like Kara. She seems like just super smart. Yes, she's spoiled, but I like her. 2.18 p.m., another timestamp, nothing. 3.34 p.m., another timestamp, nothing. Back to Lori. Her adult daughter, Ashley, is coming to visit. And Ashley comes with a suitcase and a dog and says that she is moving back in. L.A. is not working out for her. It's crazy expensive. And Lori is like, what are you talking about? Like, what What am I supposed to do? She's so laid back. I would lose my, with all the other stuff that this woman is handling, I would lose my crap on this girl. Um, so Lori only has a three bedroom house. So obviously she has a bedroom and her son Josh has a bedroom and her daughter Sophia has a bedroom. And basically she's like, where are you going to sleep? Because I don't have a spot to put you. And you brought a dog. Ashley seems like a spoiled brat. Ashley is annoying as crap. And she's basically like, I'm not going to sleep on the couch. Someone's going to give up their bedroom for me. Mama, mama, mama. Lori is just like, stop, Ashley, stop. She's so laid back, which it's kind of crazy to see because Vicky's so, you know, no drinking, 2 a.m., no sex. And Lori is just the opposite. Just, hey, stop. I, I have, me personally, I have zero chill in my life. Like, I am a Vicky. I need more of a Lori in my life just to calm things down, but not too much though. Cause then you are just a pushover and your kids just walk all over you. Skips to, it's either Laura Lee or Laura Lai, who is Lori's best friend. And they're out with some sort of like sugared rim martini glass cocktail. So I'm assuming they're having a girl's night, but again, there's like hardly any, the transitions in the show are <laughs> insane. Just you have to, you have to pay attention because you're in a different location every 30 seconds. And both women have amazingly toned, beautiful bodies, toned arms, uh, how they just look incredible. Lori seems like, of course, the biggest pushover ever. She's talking to her friend about what's going on with Ashley. Um, her friend basically is like, you know, you're the mom, right? Like you can, you can kind of tell her, you know, 
Ash is an adult. And I'm not saying there's a lot of 20 year olds that live with their parents. There's a lot of 30 year olds that live with their parents and there's nothing wrong with that. But the entitlement of this girl is just wow. I show them at a club like dancing and grinding and yeah, yeah, just just dirty. It just felt really slimy, but it could be the grainy footage from the 1970s. Back to Shane. He is skipping his graduation day. And Gina is fine with it because Gina can't even be there for his graduation. And it sounds like Matt is out of town on work. His parents are not even were not even able to go to his graduation. So he decided to skip it. It's just mind blowing. And Gina says she had a charity event that she already knew about a year beforehand. But you knew about your son's graduation 18 years beforehand. That like what? That's what I don't understand. It's just these the parenting on some of this. They're right in it for Major League Baseball draft day. But when it comes to his actual graduation from high school, not so much. So they show him in the pool by himself and on a floaty. And then it has like a little thing on the screen that says Shane's, it says Shane's graduation party. Well, then, of course, we go to Brianna's graduation party, which is just people galore. Vicky went all out. Um, we also get to meet Vicky's son, Mike, for the first time or Mike Jr., and we also see uh, Brianna and Mike Jr.'s bio dad, Michael. And, you know, he's drinking Corona. He's smoking. He looks a little uncomfortable, but he's there. And I think that that's very sweet that Vicky did fly him out. Back to Joe. She is ordering a drink at a bar that looks like in a country club. The next shot is Kimberly having some sort of martini glass drink with her friends outside of this country club. And of course, this looks very set up, but these girls, these girls slash women slash housewives need to start interacting with each other, right? It's we're almost done with this first episode. And so Joe sort of looks a little shy and she's kind of looking down at Kimberly and her friends. And then she does approach them and she says, hey, you know, hi, ladies. Do you guys happen to live in Cota de Casa? Um, I'm trying to find other wives. My fiance says y'all might hang out here. Kimberly invites her to sit down with her friends, which of course there just happens to be one empty chair near them, which it's it's set up, but it's sweet. Joe says their wedding date is July of 2006, even though in a later episode, because I've already watched the first four episodes, she, she says July 2007. So I might have misheard that. Um, so, But she does say that it's a long engagement. She tells their proposal story. Joe and Kimberly start to bond. Um, and then Kimberly talks about how she had a great career but gave it up once she had her daughter. Joe says, you know, how bored she is, but Slade doesn't want her to work. And and so she's just trying to figure out what to do. And then Kimberly tells her something like she would buy lingerie to shake things up for her husband. And now we're back to Gina. We're back to Gina, day two of the draft, and he got drafted so Matt's out of town um, and Gina, they're talking on the phone. They're excited about that he got drafted. Um, also, the flip phones are out of this world in this episode, actually in this whole season. The flip phones are in, they need to bring the flip phones back because I am an elder millennial and I remember when I would go clubbing around the same time in 2006, <laughs> I would have a flip phone and I would junk dial various people, um, specifically boys that I felt ghosted me you know you would drunk dial them and you would just say words and then you'd slam your flip phone down and it was just fantastic it was it was elder millennials way of saying f you just f you and there was such a satisfaction in the slam of a flip phone and we just don't get that anymore you don't get that with the push of a button lots of nostalgia with the flip phones 
at the same time that Shane is getting drafted by Major League Baseball, Kara gets $500 and a bouquet of flowers for making the varsity volleyball team. Of course, Shane is very upset. He goes, where's my $500? And Gina says, hey, your sister already made the negotiation that if she made varsity, we would give her 500 bucks. So that's why she's getting 500 bucks. Again, you know, work smarter, not harder. And Kara, I like her. Out of all the kids, I think I like Kara the most. Ashley the least so far. That could change, though, throughout the season. I've only watched the first four episodes. And I don't remember anything about the last four. Because, like I said, haven't watched the show since 2006. So this is all kind of new to me. Okay, so now we're back to Joe and Slade's house. She's has a coffee cup. Uh, clearly, she's bored. You know, they're doing shots of her just walking around the house. This empty house. Nothing to do. It's spotless. And she... <laughs> I forgot about this. She has this confessional look. Again, this is so refreshing this first season because there's no glam teams there's no designer clothes I mean maybe there is designer clothes in OC land but I don't know any of the designers and it's just so she has barely a stitch of makeup on she's gorgeous Joe is beautiful and she has this confessional look where she's in a bikini top um with a dog in her lap and it is it's the best. The thing now with housewives is they're constantly going, ooh, what can I say in a confessional that would be a good soundbite or that might go viral or that'll get me more FaceTime at the reunion? They're constantly thinking about that stuff, about social media. And 2006, social media really wasn't a thing. I mean, I think there was a, was MySpace even around in 2006? I don't even remember. I, I Facebook was maybe... Well, I don't even think Facebook was around. So these women genuinely are just sharing their lives without worrying about social media followers or things that will get them clicks or going viral. It just is so refreshing. Anyway, so after this confessional look, she heads up to her closet. Clearly, she's taking Kimberly's advice and she's starting to like dress sexy first late. This is what I don't get. If you have a banging body like Joe, you're 24. This is the outfit that she settled on. Okay. She's drinking wine. She's dancing around in her closet. She puts pigtails in her hair. Okay. Then she finds this zebra print like safari hat. So she puts that on. She puts on this black top that's about three sizes too big for her. And then she puts on a pink boa and then she has some sort of handcuffs. Okay. So I, I, it's fine. I just don't understand it. But then again, I'm in Christmas pajamas and a Gonzaga t-shirt right now and greasy hair. So I guess I shouldn't be judging anybody for doing anything. Slade comes home and she greets him at the door and goes, hi, honey. Um, and she's got wine. And then she leads him to the couch. She straddles him, starts making out with him, and then starts lifting up her top where we see a significant side boob and scene. That is the first episode of season one of Real Housewives of Orange County. I think, I don't know if they were trying to do some sort of cliffhanger like, hey, are Bravo, are we going to see the titties next week? But uh, yeah, spoiler alert, we don't. But that's, that's the episode. Wow. Just wow. So good in so many different ways and also so bad 
in so many different ways. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of my podcast ever. So things that can help this podcast out, subscribe. That'd be number one, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, Also, if you could please leave a five-star review, Um, I'll even take four stars as long as it comes with a compliment. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, X, Facebook. I'm all under Fluent and Bravo. Next week, we will cover episode two called, Is It Hunting Season Yet? Thank you so much for listening. I won't see you next time because this is audio only, but uh, chat with you later.